Welcome to Pass It On with CWR Talent. I'm CWR, and this is my podcast dedicated to helping our aspiring leaders and mentors. We're sharing the valuable experience and advice of some of the most successful executives in my network. My specialty? Discover talent and pass it on. That's it. In simpler terms, I'm a headhunter with a twist. If you want to increase your knowledge, build resilience, or simply polish your soft skills in order to lead at the next level, my guests are all happy to share what works and what doesn't. It's honest, it's forward motion, and future thinking. We like it. Catch our latest episodes that drop Sundays at 12 p.m. GMT London time. And whether you're in London, New York, Lima, Paris, Perth, or Dubai, you'll find us on all platforms where podcasts live. We appreciate each and every listener, and we hope you'll share it with your family, friends, and colleagues. Here we go. Welcome. I'm CWR. On today's pod, we'll be discussing how job interview questions must evolve if we're to discover the hidden talent of the candidates we interview and future-proof our organizations. CWR Talent and our affiliate partners are all about future thinking and forward motion. I've been interviewing people in leadership for over 30 years, and one thing is pretty clear. You will never discover all the underlying potential of a complete stranger during the process of one interview, but you do need to uncover some hidden qualities early if you want to find the best. Hiring decisions are important, and if you want to future-proof the talent you recruit from now on, and you want different answers, then ask different questions. The questions have changed, but the goal remains the same. Let's adapt our approach to job interview questions to discover hidden talent and resilience for the future. I came over an old article from 2016 that appeared in the Harvard Business Review by a man named John Sullivan, PhD. He's an HR thought leader from Silicon Valley. I thought it was future thinking at the time, but it holds more true today than ever before. I've built today's topic discussion around a few of his thoughts as well as my own and those of my special guest today, Leanna Nussbaumer, on the subject of interviews and the questions we ask. As an expert interviewer, I never use the overused and easy-to-practice questions with low value, like, what are your greatest strengths and weaknesses, and why are you the best candidate, and where would you like to be in five years? Get rid of these old, dusty questions. You have got to wonder why we're still hearing these same old, vague questions, decade after decade, that will never reveal anything real about the person. I believe the art of the interview is a much more subtle exchange. Be wary of historical questions. What was done 20 years ago or even five years ago is no longer relevant to the situation at hand or the company's culture. A person's areas for improvement are only relevant for the last year or so, and referees' views on this will not usually be relevant anymore. But that question still gets asked. Surprising. These are old questions with little future-proofing value. There may be those who think that the way it's always been done is fine and believes that their former approach will be valuable elsewhere. That's absolutely true under normal business circumstances. But in today's complete and utter shell shock, healthcare crisis in our industry, we can do better and we must. To be sure each new hire are crystal clear on how to correct course, crisis management, 
and demonstrate their ability to lead in crisis besides just doing the job itself, because we're not out of those woods yet. I'd like to welcome my special guest, Leanna Nussbaumer, to pass it on again. Leanna joined us earlier this year on an insightful discussion into the ever-present quest for employee engagement. You can find it on our archives and give it a listen. Let's dive deeper into this question about questions. Leanna joins us from Dubai in the UAE and is a career human resources and talent expert within and outside the hospitality industry. Leanna and I met about 14 years ago in the UAE as a client where she'd been based for many years, at the time when she headed up HR function for a number of luxury hotel groups, and then in Abu Dhabi where we first met with Aldar Properties, PJSC, and consequently as a client with MR Hospitality Group back in Dubai. Most recently, Leanna served as the Group HR Director for the Gobash Group over the last four years. Leanna holds her degree in Management, Tourism, and Hospitality in Human Resources from the University of Calgary in Canada and her Master of Science on Coaching and Behavioral Change from Henley Business School in England. And as if that wasn't enough, Leanna is also a Results Certified Coach with the Neuro Leadership Group in the Middle East and her career and expertise in Human Resources is well established. She's also a Qigong instructor and loves to hike. Let's invite Liana in and hear her views on the evolution of the interview from her perspective as an interviewer when wearing her HR hat and as an interviewee on a job search during a period of crisis management. Liana, welcome to back to Pass It On. Thank you, Corinne. It's uh, great to be back. It's a pleasure to have you back. I think we've both conducted a few interviews over our careers. So we're accustomed that at the most senior level, the interview processes are are more complex. They use case studies uh, and can often be found in panel interviews. But that's not where the volume of talent of the future will come from or where the volume of interviewing is done. We, we should look to discover hidden talents or shortcomings earlier and with more thoughtful questions and not the same old, same old. Sometimes the first line interviewer is the most critical and as the first impression of the brand for a candidate is usually the least creative or prepared. It's where you hear all the old questions that are no longer relevant. Liana, with all the amped up requirements that not only expatriation entails for people and their families, what is your general impression of the first line of the interview process today for an expat living abroad with all these same concerns? In, in, in what direction must we evolve when it comes to what we value in an interview? Well, Corinne, I think nowadays we have to make a change in the direction. I believe one of the areas that we need to focus on for candidates now is those having a growth mindset. And you might ask, why is this important? Um, a growth mindset is, is around giving the individual the ability to have an opportunity to improve, flourish, and improve. This is a mindset they have inside of themselves. And individuals that have a growth mindset, uh, from an organizational point of view, it means they view employees as being capable and that they can develop. This all comes from the work that's done by Carl Dweck, um, Dr. Carl Dweck, pardon me a Stanford University professor who's done extensive research on mindsets. 
And her findings illustrate that when management promotes a growth mindset among their team members, they encourage learning, development, new ideas, and obviously then we have, you know, innovation that goes along with that. This has been seen with the impact of the recent pandemic. Many businesses have had to change how they operate, show resilience, be persistent, and, and generally focus on innovation. To succeed not only in the crisis, but in today's competitive market, it's really important that individuals have a growth mindset. A fixed mindset can be very limiting, and it generally means that one doesn't have the ability to adapt and they don't find those critical creative solutions that are needed. And this directly affects the success of the business. Let me give you an example. One of the businesses in my previous company that I was working with was a restaurant. And as you know, during the pandemic, restaurants that were sit down went to zero business almost immediately and for months on end when lockdown came. The business itself and the team had a choice in either finding a new way to do business or to eventually close. And they moved into a growth mindset. The team members had these abilities. They grouped together. They restructured the business to have a more effective and efficient delivery model within a couple of weeks. Now, when I say delivery model, I mean delivery on the back of a motorbike or in a car to their clients. So they put together the whole process to be able to call in, make an order and get it delivered. So they moved from a sit-in to a delivery-based and this now has moved them into building cluster kitchens, and it provides them the much-needed revenue to keep the business afloat. This came down to the team members and the leadership having a growth mindset and finding new solutions in the face of a major setback. Therefore, I believe that all of the interviews that we do today, a component of all of that needs to be framed around seeking and finding those candidates that have a growth mindset, those that can grow, develop, and improve. Leanna, how can we assess a candidate's ability to learn, adapt, or innovate? What would be a general case study question you might ask a candidate to consider to demonstrate this kind of thinking and, and simply give a verbal essay response? Has anyone ever asked you to prepare an interesting case study as a candidate? Um, okay, so in answer to your first question, I would assess the candidate's ability on the growth mindset. And again, here's why. A person who demonstrates a growth mindset generally has the following characteristics. They have the ability to embrace challenges. They're able to persist in the face of setbacks. They view effort as a path to mastery. They learn from criticism or feedback as we like to call it. And they find lessons and inspiration from the success of others. It's these characteristics and abilities that are needed. So therefore, some of the interview questions that I would use to assess a candidate would be the following. I've actually put together seven questions with some follow-up ones so that, you know, you have an idea of, of the types of things I'd ask. So the first one would be, for example, give an example of a mission or goal you didn't think was achievable. What was it? And how did you help your team try to achieve it? A second question I might put to, to an individual would be, what helps you to bounce back when things go badly? A third question, what is your view on continuous learning? Another one that I might phrase differently would be, what's a recent book, article, podcast that recently inspired you to change the way you think about your work? Hmm. 
Give an example of a tough or critical piece of feedback you've received. What was it and what did you do about it? And who inspires you? These questions all, when an interviewer asks a candidate these types of questions, it's the responses they get back. And the responses to these questions will gauge whether they have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. For example, if you ask a person about their view on continuous learning and they go, well, oh, I haven't done anything. So you've known that already right there, their ability or desire to actually learn or continually learning isn't there. And a growth mindset is all about how do I do better? How do I improve? And that's mm-hmm. what you're looking for in your team members because you want your business to grow. You want them to improve things in their business, whether it's the products or services or, or things like that. So the answers to these types of questions will already give an indication whether they will be you know, a better success in the organization. The other question that you had whether I had been um, involved in a case study as a candidate. Sometimes during our interview processes, we also do a case study, um, but it depends on the level of the individual. So again, let me give you an example. In my previous company, all leadership candidates, and those would be like general manager minus one positions, they would go through an interview with the CEO, and he did use a case study in each of them. It was the same case study for all candidates. It didn't matter which role you were being interviewed for. You could be marketing, you could be human resources, you could be finance, you could be sales. But he was consistently asking them all the same um, questions in the case study. And he wasn't looking for the right answer, although, of course, that helped. He was looking Mm -hmm. for their thought processes. Did the individual give up? Did they ask questions? And really, it was an amazing way to see if the candidate had a growth mindset or not. For example, Hmm. part of the case study required the candidates to do a basic mathematic equation with multiplication and division. It was so interesting to see how candidates tackled the fact that they weren't able to use their phones or an actual calculator to do the multiplication and division. He (laughs) handed them a whiteboard marker a whiteboard and ask them to do the calculation on the board. They had to go back and actually do longhand. And I tell you, their response to how they solved this problem was really interesting, but that's what we were looking for. Did the individual, you know, did the individual jump in? Did they ask questions? Did they walk themselves through it? And honestly, some people gave up and said, I can't do this. So you knew right then that as soon as they said, I can't do this, you had a fixed mindset. If they hit a problem inside the organization or in their work, they weren't going to move any farther. So that's one of the key things that we did. Excellent. Uh, For example, a CV is a CV. In America, they call it a resume. All it is is a roadmap of where you've been, your areas of responsibility, tasks and financials, and a few bullet points of accomplishments. In interviews, I feel a CV should really be self-evident. I don't want every single task of your career on a CV. It's a guide for the interviewer to find the right questions to ask and to avoid duplication. Getting to know the candidate happens in the interview, but sadly, many of the first-line interviewers in our companies are unfortunately undertrained in the art of the interview and have not adopted the funky years. Mm 
Liana, like thousands of executives around the world, you've been interviewing during this past year. And although you were ordinarily on the other side of the desk, what was your perception of the process and the questions you were asked? Well, actually, that's been very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, being on the other side of the desk, one answering the questions, it's been really interesting. And I'd say that those interviewing me are, are really still sticking to the same old interview questions, which for the most part are vague. And as a candidate, you have no idea what you need to focus on. For example, um, this past, what was about two months ago, I was asked by an interviewer to take them through my resume. I've been doing this for 25 years, as you know, and I have a really broad experience across all disciplines of HR. So it's it's like, where do I begin? I generally ask, you know, the interviewer if I can go back around 10 to 15 years because the experience then tends to be more relevant. And then I ask if I can focus on a specific discipline. On occasion, I'll get clarity. And sometimes I didn't. In this one uh, particular situation, the gentleman asked me, you know, take me through this. And when I asked for clarity, because I didn't also have a job description in front of me, that's the other thing. So when you're trying to answer that question with no job description in front of you to be able to focus, it's really challenging. And, you know, I can sit there for 30 to 45 minutes and just talk, but I have no idea whether I'm hitting what they want and I'm just basically shooting in the dark. And this one gentleman, um, after I had gone through all of this, you could tell by his body language, he was not happy with how I had responded or the fact that I had asked for clarity. And it it was unfortunate, um, but that's what happened. I didn't get the job, but the feedback that I had received from the agency was that I was defensive. (laughs) And I found it really interesting because I was asking a question around clarity of the question he had asked. And it put him in a position that he was uncomfortable in for some reason. Well, he clearly didn't have the answer, did he? No, he didn't. And, and this is one of the challenges is interviewers really need to understand why they are asking the questions that they're asking and not just, you know, the age old, tell me about yourself. Like, what are your strengths or why should we hire you? If you're asking these questions, then you should understand why you're asking these questions so that if I'm asking for clarity, you can go, well, I'd like to know about this particular point or tell me about this particular point, Um, you know, and if you want me to answer it vaguely, then say, oh, just, you know, go for it, whatever you tell me. But then, you know, the response has to be accordingly. So it was really, really interesting. It, it always surprises me when I hear these things, but not really. It's, it's, a, common, it's a common story. Yeah. There's another aspect of the interview that I'm interested in also, and that's the bulk of the interview time should be allocated to assessing the candidate, of course. But I consider outlining the potential career development for the candidate critical as time that must be set aside to excite the candidate about the job and the company that you're proposing. Did anyone try to highlight to you the career development path or future potential on joining their firm? Corinne, I completely agree with you. The interviewer should always ask time or should always take time to excite the candidate about the job, the firm, and potential career growth and development. One of the challenges we face over here in the UAE with the maturity of many of the organizations is that quite often career development is not talked about. 
And it's unfortunate because many of the organizations actually don't have an answer to the candidate. What I have found mm. is that it takes a lot of time and commitment to actually map out careers. And most organizations don't have the resources to do this or the HR team itself is not mature enough to a level that they're able to do this. In the hospitality industry, that's slightly different. I have found that they're much clearer career paths than any other industry. Mm-hmm. In my own experience, I've actually not had an interview yet where the organization has highlighted a career path for me. And in doing this the last few months, that's one of the things that I was kind of looking to see whether that was going to come out. But I also have to be honest, I've not asked many of the roles I've gone into um, about that because the role itself is quite senior. And right. sometimes there isn't a position for me to go into because that role is there. But at the same time, there's always been significant challenges or mandates ahead that generally have kept me busy. And therefore, I just, you know, didn't really concern myself with that. I always felt very lucky and blessed to go into roles that had a lot of challenges and um, significant mandates with them. I also have to say that many times during the interviews I've had, providing me information about the company only comes if I ask. It's right. almost as if they assume you should know this. And, and while I believe that you should be prepared, you know, do your homework, look as much as you can. There's always information that's not out in the public forum that's important for the candidate to know, even if it's not positive. But that's, that's a whole other podcast around transparency. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a candidate's market today in a lot of the world. And they accept these attitudes less and less. People are resigning in numbers because it's change time and they want security, development, and a future, new beginnings. Conversely, in other regions, it's the reverse with huge numbers of unemployed with more basic priorities like security, family, safety, health. What has been your experience in the UAE with this aspect of the interviewers during, during this period of time in the market? The UAE market is still an employer's market as there's lots of candidates from surrounding countries looking for work. The majority of the individuals here are expats. I would say probably 70 to 80% are expats. So your supply is much larger than if you would be say perhaps in Europe or in North America. So there's an oversupply of candidates for the roles that are out here. And because of this, this also means that while salaries are being negotiated, it's still at the advantage of the employer and salaries have gone down over the years. It's not the same as it was several years ago. In addition to that, benefits such as schooling and other perks that were previously provided are no longer parts of the package. Companies are looking at their costs and this is be one of the areas that ends up being looked at is the, the benefits that go to the uh, compensation packages. International mm. candidates are still coming to Dubai and you can see that um, by the increase in traffic but many yeah. are coming without their families. Yes. And, and what are the top factors that are important to you in a job offer? It's, it's always best to be honest so that both parties can create an acceptable scenario for a contract agreement. Some have a particular compensation package in mind because they have financial commitments that won't change, and it could be a deal breaker. 
And some have family requirements like school fees that are non-negotiable. And some want a firm idea on career progression as they actually have a timeline for their career path and they know what they need to achieve it. If they don't, you'll find out. But what are your top three considerations in a job offer? Um, I would probably say my top three um, considerations are, well, the main one for me is not so much financial as it is around the job content. I really need to be challenged and have a space to grow and develop on my own. And if I don't have something exciting that I can kind of sink my teeth into, that's not a job that I'm going to take. So the first thing for me before any offer is, is what is the role going to offer me in terms of the type of work that I'm going to do? And then I would probably say the financial part in terms of my salary, because as everybody has, we have minimum requirements and because we all have financial obligations, whether it's children or other extended parts of our family or investments and things like that, that becomes, you know, the second part. And then after that, you know, if down the road, there's something fantastic in there, great. If not, it's really just the basic financial of my minimum that I need and the job content. That's what I look for in in a job offer. That's really fair. Interviews are are tough to get right. Experience shows that carefully selecting questions that fit the moment and the actual role, determining acceptable answers ahead of time pretty much increases your chances of success. What's your best interview question of all time that you would gift to our listeners today, Liana? Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. The interview question that I really like to use is the one around continuous learning. I like to ask them what was the last book or article they've read and when it was and what it was about. And I ask this for, for two reasons. It shows if they're open to learning and improving and the second reason is just because I'm curious. <laughs> in, one, in one interview, there was a panel of us doing the interview, and I asked this question. And the candidate and I actually went off on a full-on conversation about the book that he was reading and the learning, and it was really interesting. Not so much, obviously, for the other panelists, but him and I really enjoyed the conversation that we had. And in the end, he actually sent me a copy of the book. It was great, and wow. you know, it's sitting on my bookshelf today. That's fantastic. If we can assess the hopeful with a more resilience-based interview, Liana, we may have a stronger team on board for the next mega challenge we have and thrive. Liana, thanks so much again for joining me on Pass It On with CWR, and here's to new beginnings. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. I really enjoyed it. Uh, My pleasure. See you soon, Liana. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you'll give us a like. Please tick follow for notifications of our latest episodes on the platform of your choice. This has been Pass It On with CWR Talent. Pass it on.